Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty among the things you have been taught. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And after after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus as, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Barrett, so good to be in the chair together, so, oh, in separate so chairs, good. albeit. <laughs> Clarification <laughs> yeah, needed. In the chairs. In the yes. chairs together. That's right. So good. <laughs> um. So today is an exciting day. Yesterday we finished uh, the tail end of Isaiah. Mm. And fittingly, you know, we're, we're starting to walk through Luke, the Gospel of Luke. It is one of my favorite books be mm. because Luke, he's a very winsome writer. And, mm. you know, he's writing this to Theophilus. So we have this introduction to Theophilus at the beginning. And, you know, it's often thought that Theophilus was a, you know, like a, Roman official type guy who was, you know, one of the early believers. 
And so yeah. being a good disciple maker, hmm. Luke compiles all these stories of who Jesus is, what the good news of God's kingdom is. And then he writes another one uh, called Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Yep. Where he explains the birth of the church to Theophilus. Also, yeah, also written to Theophilus. Yep. It, for the purpose that you may have, verse four, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you've been taught. So even already, like I think there's an interesting bend here um, that, and this is a bit of an aside from today's passage, but hmm. um, there's this sort of model of disciple making and, and ministering that Luke is setting forth. Hmm. And then we're introduced to Zechariah, um, and his wife, Elizabeth hmm. and the angel Gabriel and, you know, pretty, uh, epic story that is very reminiscent of, you know, the old Testament story of Abraham and Sarah, um, a lot of the language used in the prophecy of Isaiah. So that's why I think it's really fitting that we've just come off of that. So hmm. Barrett, what are your thoughts on this passage? <clears throat> yeah, it is. It is interesting that you guys actually just finished up, or um, I was actually a part I was about of it. I was you a, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that we we us. guys. Yeah, we guys. Yeah, that we guys finished <laughs> up Isaiah, um, the end of Isaiah, because Isaiah is, t- you know, the end of Isaiah from chapters 50, 55 or fifty six, I guess, to sixty six, mm-hmm. is is basically kind of foreseeing this time when when Yahweh, the God of Israel is going to vindicate Israel Mm. and is going to return to his people one day. And there's all kinds of these promises about the return of the Lord or the return of Yahweh to Zion. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, you know, Luke one is specifically getting at this. Um, Not only is Zechariah a priest Mm -hmm. and he is a priest in the temple in Jerusalem, this is, which there's a lot surrounding all of that. But you have his son, John, who is going to be this great man. But he's not just he's not just a great man. He is he is chosen for a very specific purpose, and he's actually fulfilling Old mm. Testament prophecy as the one who is going to prepare the way for the Messiah, specifically for the Messiah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and this is what this is what everybody in Jesus' day, or not everybody, but like a lot of the Pharisees and a lot of the religious leaders of Jesus's day were having such a hard time understanding, or, I mean, they were just outright rejecting is the, is, is that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But John is here and he's coming to prepare the way, not just prepare the way for like a a really good man or, or whatever, but specifically for this promised Messiah who's going to be coming. And that promised Messiah is actually going to be the fulfillment of Isaiah 56 to 66, which is the return of, of Yahweh to Zion. Yeah. You know, it's and this idea of basically a front runner coming to announce a new King. Yeah. It was very culturally in tuned mm. there, you know, like mm. not just anybody had somebody sent into a town or a country ahead of them to, to announce a coming ruler. Like that was mm. a sign of authority. Yeah. And, you know, a sign of a new reign. It makes me think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I didn't see that one coming, but yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But uh, just going to throw that out there. But, you know, and so that's what we see. Uh, The Lord is, this has been prophesied, like you said, for a long time. Right. And, you know, the name John, it means Yahweh is gracious. Mm. And he's coming to announce Jesus, Yahweh saves. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And so you even see like just in the progression of the names and stuff like 
God's grace bringing about yeah. and announcing salvation to his people. And, you know, we just came from Isaiah. I think we picked up in 56 for ODR. But, you know, 53 is like this super famous, like Good Friday passage, you know, who's pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Yeah. And then 54 is another really powerful chapter. The heading in the ESV is the eternal covenant of peace. Mm. And it starts out, sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor for the children of the desolate one, will mm. be more than the children of her who is married. You know, and I think it's so interesting. Infertility is not a struggle that we only see in the Bible, but I mean, it's such a heavy and real thing for Absolutely. Like close friends of ours and, yep. you know, close friends of the church and leaders in the church. And so mm. it's so powerful that we see this thread all throughout scripture mm. and it's the Lord taking the, this disappointment and this sadness and shame and out of it bringing redemption. And then here, Luke 1 you know, and, and then the beginning of the new covenant, you know, just just on the verge of before the new covenant is enacted, there's one final barren woman that we see in scripture hmm. and she brings forth John, Yahweh's gracious, who, who hmm. makes a way. And then, you know, this is just such an interesting thing, like a turn that the Bible takes. Then a redeemer does come and it's another miraculous unexpected birth but this time it's not from a barren woman who's unable to bear but mm. it's from a young girl who who's not even been with a man and and, mm. and yeah. it, it's kind of like the upside down is the flip side of the coin right and so yeah hmm. interesting I, I mean let me build that out just a little bit because i do think Please. this is a significant Please. point uh, just for the listeners that you know maybe aren't as aware of kind of this theme and scripture of of barren women uh, you have Sarah who is barren and she's advanced in years, married mm-hmm. to Abraham, and then ends up, you know, in the end, the Lord opens her womb and allows her to have have children. Um, and then you have Hannah, who uh, I think you and I did this ODR not too long ago, Probably. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. But we went through first yes, 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 we yes, went yes. through first Samuel. Yeah. And um and so Hannah gives birth to Samuel and and Samuel actually came at a pivotal time right after the judges which is like a very dark time yeah and Samuel was kind of this like ray of hope mm-hmm. um so it's interesting that it was it was a barren woman who the Lord ended up you know opening her womb and then you have here Elizabeth uh, who is who is barren as well and I, I find it interesting what she says in verse twenty five she says thus the Lord has done for me in the days when He looked on me to take away my reproach among mm. people. Um, I'll just share briefly, but in uh, when we lived in Indonesia, um, to to not be able to have children was always seen as a curse that mm. like the Lord would, you know, that um, um, the Lord was essentially not blessing you. Mm-hmm. And I, there was one couple, a, a church planner couple that we worked with and and she was unable to get pregnant and they wanted to have children so bad mm. and she was unable. And a lot of, a lot of even other believers like ridiculed them or would like make little comments. Dang. Yeah. It was, it was very, very difficult because to have children in that society is like to carry on the family name. It means so totally. much more than it does in America. We yeah. don't have time to explain that, <laughs> but, um, and so, you know, it was just, I, I saw that like in real time, like, 
you know, for for Elizabeth to say to like to take away my reproach among people. And I and I would just say like that is how Elizabeth was feeling at the time, but you know, for those who may who may have struggled in the past or 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 will struggle with not being able to have children, um that is not viewed in God's eyes as a as a reproach. Like it is it is God himself and I think it's very clear that the instances that I mentioned in scripture that it, that it is he who opens the womb and closes the womb. Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes, I mean definitely the times in scripture there are very specific purposes as to why. Yeah. And so, you know, um I, I think it's just a a good word for for people. I think it's a good word for people who haven't struggled with that so that when you do come across someone who's struggling with that, you can actually encourage them through scripture and not um you know, not, not the other way around. So yeah, a little more on that, but there's more in this passage as well. Yeah. I mean, and we probably don't need to like make this like a 30 minute ODR episode. Yeah. Um, but I I do think like the central thing here is God uses our shame and our approach. And and that is actually his favorite stage to, to Mm. show his power and his glory. And, Mm. You know, I mean, to use like a uber practical example um, and, and kind of keeping with the infertility theme, hmm. you know, that and they are very open about this, but that is like it was a huge hurdle for Thomas and Heather Nelson. Hmm. And um, I just think of like the amazing life that hmm. they've lived in obedience to the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, what what was at a time like a searing pain of, of shame and, hmm. and disappointment. Um, has actually become just a harvest of ministry and like they wouldn't have it any other way. Mm -hmm. And that it applies like far beyond childbearing and Mm -hmm. it applies far beyond our like individualism. You know, God is stepping into the shame of Israel. Mm -hmm. Like he's breaking 400 years of silence and and of Mm -hmm. silent rebellion. You know, the the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi, is basically saying like all of your offerings are just these like arrogant you know, show and tell, like, I don't care. Right. And and these are not pleasing to me. And yet God draws in the air, um, once again, to the people of Israel to take away their reproach. And it begins here, uh, with Elizabeth taking away her reproach. Yeah. And interestingly enough, and we'll, we'll end on this. Interestingly enough, after she conceives Zachariah, then doesn't have faith in God. Like he doesn't believe what mm. the angel says yeah. and he's made mute until John is, is born. And so just a word there as well on our, our faith and our belief in God. And uh, yeah. I think we should all be challenged by that. Cause we would probably all be in Zachariah's shoes. Totally. You know, totally. So praise God for his patience and uh, his kindness to us and that he uses our shame um, to actually undo the curse and to bring us out of our shame see this in heavenly places with him Amen. so excited to walk through the book of luke together and to uh, meet jesus and so for barrett fisher this is will carlisle and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. 
1-800-285-1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.